Welcome to this new Triple V podcast episode, covering the most recent town hall. So all of you attendees, you're going to get the info first. So next week, we are going to open up the allocation claim for Obscuro, which is one of the privacy-based projects which with which we had an AMA, um, I think two two weeks ago or so, and the research team again has been very impressed with how the Obscure team presented themselves and with the information they provided, and we got a plethora of questions for the AMA by the community and by the research team, and Obscuro really went out of their way to answer all questions and even the hard ones in, in great detail and with a lot of confidence. And that has made us bullish. Um, you know, we already have been bullish, but that has reassured us on pursuing Obscuro as an investment. I followed up with them after the AMA and we went through some uh, conversations there to come to an agreement. And now we have the opportunity to invest in Obscuro and the big upside which we have here is that we do not have to commit to a certain size upfront, meaning we can arrange the investment claim on a first come first serve basis. But this time we're just going to base it on a time limit, and I still have to decide how we do it uh, specifically. But you know, it's probably going to be like um, we're going to open up the allocation claim, then it's going to run for five minutes. And anyone who wants to put in funds is going to be accommodated. And then once we have com- co- once we have collected X amount of dollars, we're going to go to Obscuro and sign for that exact amount and therefore securing the investment for the community and for everyone who is interested and did their due diligence and found Obscuro to be a good investment for them as well. So what I encourage you guys to do after the uh, session today, uh, do a deep dive in the Obscuro channel, read through some of the summaries by the other members, start doing your own due diligence, go into the Obscuro Discord server and look for any information which you might need, which you might not have yet. And then you're going to be set for the claim next week. And of of course, we're going to announce the claim in advance. There's uh, no pressure on anyone on anyone to invest blindly. We're also pro- going to provide you with a research report. You're also going to get the data around the valuation and the vesting schedules. Uh, I, I still have to talk to the team whether or not we can post those publicly. But if we can, then you're going to, of course, get the data as well. Um, yeah, I posted something on my Twitter account today. Uh, about an hour ago. We have a couple of events planned uh, for very soon for the community. One is the airdrop for sharks, and then we have a few additional events as well, which are really designed to empower our most loyal holders. And then we have the Shark Test 2.0 lined up, which I'm probably going to drop um, sometime next week. And then everyone, non-holders as well as holders, can go through the shark test 
and then they will be able to qualify for something depending on their score and depending on their performance and depending on how they proceed through the next steps after the shark test. So that's going to be very interesting and again, very exciting. This is again designed in to serve two purposes. One is to attract new members who qualify for the prof professional environment, which we want to have in VVV and to have a certain mindset which prepares them for the very transparent and upfront and truthful way in which we have our conversations in our server. And then again, something which is going to be very rewarding for the existing holders and, and for those who show uh, a lot of co commitment in VVV. Um, yeah, so what I did this weekend, I was at a, at a seminar, a business seminar, mainly focusing around leadership. And one of the reasons why I do these things is that I believe that every founder and every CEO should always go out of their way to put themselves into uncomfortable situations and to explore new avenues and explore things which you normally get not exposed to in your regular day-to-day -day life. And a, a part of the business seminar was uh, boxing sessions. And I don't have any background in any martial arts. So obviously, this was something which put me completely off, out of my comfort zone. But it was something which was truly inspiring. And it might sound mundane, but the you really should not neglect your physical health and what you make out of the one body which you you were given. And you know this is one of the same things Warren Buffett says as well. You're given one body and you better take care of your body because if you do not do that, then sooner or later you're going to start to fall apart and you're going to have a lot of issues uh, later down the road. And I think it's it's really important to see, you know, even people like Mark Zuckerberg, for example, people where you wouldn't really expect them to be, you know, in any way interested in, in the, the physical conditioning. But still, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg does uh, martial arts, right? So you really have to be aware that the, the only a healthy body can carry a healthy mind. And this is something which... I thought I was in good shape, but being surrounded by people, by actual professional MMA fighters, uh, obviously has exposed a lot of the weaknesses which um, I um, had myself, especially around endurance and being more dynamic. So, you know, that one event has changed my training regimen forever. And I'm going to start boxing i'm going to start going to a boxing gym and I'm, I'm completely going to change my entire workout routine because I, I go to the gym seven days per week but a lot of the time is wasted simply because it's like 100 percent or not 100 percent, but to a large degree it's non-functional and it's really not serving any purpose other than uh you know arguably arguably you know looking a certain way so i, I can only encourage you guys to really not neglect what you do with your body uh, you know you guys know we have a health channel 
and VVV as well. And we do talk about diet and, and things like that. And there's a, there's a big reason why that channel exists. And we're going to release a couple of courses around nutrition and working out and staying healthy simply because it's, it's really mandatory for success. It's, it's almost impossible to be able to perform mentally if your body's not able to keep up with that, especially if you have something where you're working in a, in a seated position all day long and you're just sitting at your computer. That's going to be slowly taking away from your physical performance and it eventually is going to have a negative effect on your mind as well. So if you guys want to stay sharp, I highly, highly encourage you to you know, take your health seriously and take it seriously to keep moving and not be in a static position all day long. With that being said, Christian, if you wouldn't mind requesting the permissions to speak, and then we're going to coincidentally do a deep dive in one of the greatest tennis coaches ever. And that's again going to be a testament to mind over matter, where you will notice that it's not really the way in which you train, but it's really what you put your mind towards to. And the same is obviously, you know, certain sports are very technical, right? But still just working on the technicality is not going to get you anywhere. You really have to put your mind to a certain purpose and have to dedicate uh, a big part of your life to whatever you want to achieve in order to actually be able to achieve that. And it also doesn't mean that you have to have talent for every single thing which you want to do. And it also doesn't mean that you have to know everything about something before it can get started. In the case of Nick Balotelli, which we're going to talk about in, in a little bit more depth now, he literally didn't know anything about tennis, but ended up being the greatest tennis coach alive. And I don't have the, the exact numbers, but I think the the record looks something like that, where he has 20 Wimbledon winners and the next best coach has like five or something, something like that. So he's light years ahead of everyone else and he barely can put the ball over the net. And, you know, arguably no one ever saw him play a full match of tennis. So uh, that's also going to have to tell you something. But Christian, maybe you can give us a, a brief intro into the movie and the the mentality and background of uh, Nick Balotelli. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and thanks for, for having me again. So um, one of the things that really struck me about uh, uh, Love Means Zero was how, um, I, I think the best term for it from my standpoint uh, would be hardcore. <laughs> Uh, Nick was. I mean, he, he very much and, and very unapologetic about going for what he personally wanted, right? So um, he he was very direct about he wanted to win, um, that he wanted to be around winners, and that if you were winning, then y'all were on the same team. And if you weren't winning and weren't working for it, you quickly dropped off that team and he moved on to the next person that um, that wanted to win. Um, his coaching style was obviously incredibly, um, you know, painstaking, but also very, very 
uh, you know, some might say even brutal. I mean, it, it was very much like a, um, a drill sergeant. Um, and, I, and I think one of the things that I'd like to get into that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit is, uh, again, this idea of sacrifice, the, the idea of what it takes to be a winner, what it takes to succeed. Because, um, and, and we got into this a little bit last time, that the, the movies that we see now and, and the media that we see is uh, of this quote-unquote well-rounded person that just sort of has a natural talent and and wins, but what we see in the folks that really change the world, that really reach the top of, of their game or, or, you know, the peak of performance is they really have to focus on one thing and it's not a pretty process. Um, it's, it's not something where you're able to, you know, just have infinite amounts of, of time um, or, uh, or lots of what is traditionally um, thought of as, as balance. So I, I did want to, um, there was one question from Tiger uh, last week that we didn't get to that I think um, is important and, and gets to a little bit of what we're going to talk about with, with Nick that I wanted to, to go to first. Um, we had just finished talking about uh, 10X goals and how Earl had compared um, Tiger to, <coughs> excuse me, to, to Gandhi, um, to other, you know, major luminaries. Um, what is the difference? Because, um, I know for, for me personally, um, in the ways that you've mentored me and then in the ways that you've mentored others in VVV, you've talked about this idea of romanticism versus 10 X goals. What is the difference between romanticism, which often kind of needs to be avoided and just setting really big goals. I know one has more to do with reality and one is more sort of in, um, in fantasy, but, but how do you divide those in your own mind? Not, not setting goals that are almost unachievable, but are real versus getting lost in, in the story. Well, it's actually something which we just discussed in general chat. And before I go deeper into this guys, uh, for everyone listening, it would be very much appreciated if you guys could leave a retweet and the like on the Twitter Spaces event. So we make sure that everyone sees what's going on and that we've, uh, you know, sufficient people jumping in, new people discovering VVV and our community slowly but surely growing while maintaining the quality of people which we have in our server. Um, coming back to, the, to, the, to setting the right goals. So in order to set your goals, it's really mandatory that you don't just set the goals and then forget about them, but set the goal and then write a plan for that specific goal as well. Specify exactly how you're going to achieve that goal. And then you can differentiate between goals and milestones where the milestones might be on a weekly or monthly basis or you know sometimes even daily basis where you set out, set out things which you can achieve in the short term. And then you have overarching goals, which might be on a yearly basis or something which you want to achieve in five years and 10 years or even lifetime goals. And then I also like to differentiate between 
goals and and a vision, for example, or a dream, where the dream could be could be way more romantic, and that's completely fine because you also need something which goes beyond your lifetime, something where which you can work towards to, and and something which you probably will not be able to achieve in your lifetime, but still something which you want to pursue. Where you know you you might eventually end up achieving it, right? But at the moment when you specify that vision, it might seem out of reach. So you want to have those smaller milestones, things where you know exactly what to do and how to do it, and things which you can tick off uh, in, in the short and medium term. And then you want to have goals where they might be more. Uh, you know, slightly more outrageous. You you might want to set 10x goals. So for example, if you want to make a million dollars by the end of next year, then you might want to set out a goal, which means 10, excuse me, you might want to set out a a 10x goal, which means $10 million by the end of next year. And then write a plan on how to get to $10 million instead of writing a plan of how to get to $1 million. And then more likely than not, by setting out the goal and setting up the plan, you're probably going to end up achieving something which is beyond the $1 million which you initially wanted to achieve. But if you set out a goal, which is only a million dollars, and then you write a, a plan to get to a million dollars, then there's a high likelihood that you're going to fall short of the million dollar goal and you're just going to end up with 700K, for example. So you know, already setting the goal up in a way where you set the bar a lot higher that's going to assure that you are going to achieve and potentially exceed the original goal. So thinking bigger has a, has a really positive effect on everything you do. And for the milestones, it's, it's not really practical because you know if it's something which you need to achieve today or tomorrow, it, it, it's not really suitable or practical to make it a, a 10x goal. But something which is farther out in the future, I, I always want to think bigger and want to set out bigger goals. And that, that works for me at least in practice really, really well. Like uh, I have a, a whole notebook uh, on my phone where I write down all of my goals. And there's many, many goals where, you know, I set them out in 2018, for example. And now I look back and think, God damn it, these were like super, super small goals. And of course I achieved them. And then I look at goals, which I set out in 2020. And they were, you know, at the time I, I thought they were really big. But I still ended up achieving them. And so now, you know, under that context, you can really see the improvements which you made. And then you can also set up the, the next goals uh, in a bigger and more bodacious way. And now looking back, if you have a notebook full of goals and you achieved all of them, then it really becomes magical because now you know anything which I write down is eventually going to turn into reality. So even if you start to be more romantic and you start writing down a big vision, you know, more likely than not that, you know, you might actually end up getting it. So, you know, there, there's really no, no, no fault in dreaming as long as you have a plan in place for the things which you need to achieve along the way. Yeah. I think that's the thing that um, you really had to help uh, me see is that sometimes I think I have a tendency and maybe others do too, to let the romantic vision feel like it's already here or it's about to be here and not focusing on the process of what it's going to take to get there. Um, And for me personally, that 
has been a barrier in the past because then I start planning as if that goal is close, which of course, you know, we want to focus on it being, you know, that it's something that we can achieve. But I I think in my own case, sometimes it, it has been something where I start saying, well, if that's the goal, then this is how it should be. And that's not true. That's how it should be when the goal is achieved, not today, which is a time where we're still trying to get to the goal. So I think that's something that you've really helped me see is that, yes, you can have those romantic goals, but um, you you have to focus on what it's the, the hard work that's going to take to get there, not just assuming that it's already there. Yeah, that's very true. You shouldn't find any comfort in looking at your goal. It should be something which keeps you sharp and which keeps you on the edge and which really gets you out of the bed each single morning where, you know, if you already like start daydreaming and, and you think you're, you're driving the Lambo and everything is fine, then eventually you're going to end up achieving nothing because you're just dreaming away and you're not really being practical. And if it's, if it's personal goals, which relate to relationships, for example, um, you also want to be very well aware that many times you're not going to achieve those goals unless you actually become worthy of deserving that goal. Because there might be things on which you cannot really actively work on, but it's much rather things where you have to work on yourself And then once you reach a certain degree of confidence or other metrics which you might want to to keep track of, then the goal is actually going to be achieved in a more passive manner. So many times, you know, you have things set out which you cannot actually actively pursue or where if you actively pursue them, those goals might move even farther away from you. And a lot of this is... uh, also coming down to knowing people and also knowing yourself. And, you know, we, we had a, I had a, a plethora of discussions this weekend with some super successful people and some people who strive to become super successful. And that was very insightful and very inspiring. And, you know, in some instances, a lot also comes down to the framework which you have in your mind. And if you start chasing a goal either for the wrong reason or under the the wrong context, then if you achieve the goal, it might actually be ending up being detrimental to yourself. So you, you want to be sure that you that you're pursuing it in in the right way as well and that your plan which you write down to achieve the goal is, is really sound and not something which might end up to you achieving the goal under the wrong premise or through the wrong motivation. It seems like a, a lot of the, the skill in leadership from, from kind of what you've shared um, with us has to do with what you hold. It's almost, to me, it's a little like rock climbing um, because the idea is that there are certain things you just cannot let go of because you know that's the point at which if you let go of it, <laughs> you're going to fall off. But then there are things that you thought previously were really your handholds that you have to let go of 
to move on to the next thing or, or at least reorder your goals. Um, and, and I think that's something that, uh, that I've definitely struggled with is that you, you know, the, it seems more mentally easy, right. To set, here's my list of what I need to do. And I've noticed that, um, you know, you've always been very open to changing the plan if, uh, if the plan needed changed, if, if that doesn't work, then you move on to the next thing. Is there some advice that you could, could give us? Cause, and we'll talk, um, you know, this kind of leads into, uh, into Nick's personality and how, how he, uh, became such, such a, uh, a winner, um, is is really a focusing on certain things, but then the the willingness to change. Is there is there something that you can share with us about? Because we talk about really two things in leadership: things that you should never let go of, right? That that drive, that need to achieve your ten x goals, but then things that you may need to change. How do you how do you sort that in your own mind when you're trying to decide things that, yes, though they are hard they shouldn't change and then things that you are willing to change because it's necessary to achieve the goal. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it make, makes total sense. So you, you want to continuously revisit your goals. You do not want to write down your goals and then pursue them blindly where something might change, where the goal might end up not being the thing which you actually want. So you always want to make sure that you revisit your goals, that they still align with what you want. And regarding the change or adjustments, you never, and of course, you know, a lot of this also depends on your level of, and I, I hate to use the, the term, but I'm just going to use it because it, it's technically accurate. A lot of this depends on your personal development or how far your character has already developed, meaning do you already have your core values in place, which are going to be super solid and unshakable? Or are you still in a place where you're also working on your values, where you might not be that clear yet of who you are and where you want to be? So if you, you know, if you're one step ahead and if you actually have a very, very strong character and you know exactly what you want and how you want to achieve it, then you always want to be sure that the goals you set out, that they align with your core values, that you never ever deviate from your, well, uh, from your values and that you never compromise your values for the sake of achieving the goal faster. So you never want to take shortcuts. You never want to take the easy way out. So let's, let's just take a, 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 the example of the, 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 the blockchain fund, for example. So my goal is to launch the blockchain fund successfully in Q1 2023 and I want to have the, the, the blockchain fund with, with a certain size and with a certain pedigree of directors of the board and you know with a certain outlook of success and I already had the opportunity a hundred times where I could have launched the blockchain fund you know I'm slightly exaggerating now but I could have launched the blockchain fund tomorrow with a slightly lesser team and with a smaller total size. So if my goal would just be to launch the fund as quickly as possible, I could have already done that if I had compromised on some of my core values. And the core value, which 
drives me the most is to, first of all, always do what's right, be incorruptible, and always do what's best for the people involved. So not doing the thing which is best for me, but doing the thing which is truly best for everyone who works on building the overarching vision, which is the success of the VVV brand, which also means that no matter what's going to happen, I'm always going to be in a position where I have enough patience where I can always work towards doing it in the very best way and to the absolute potential of my capabilities. And, you know, you want to have, you want to get to having a, a character where you know for sure what you want and you know how to want, how you want to achieve it. And you know that the way in which you're going to achieve it is not going to get compromised by external factors or potentially by your own flaws, for example, you know, if, if, if you know, no, no person on the planet is free of flaws, right? And if you are aware that some of your flaws might be envy or some of your flaws might be greed, you, before you pursue that goal full on, you might want to go back to the basics and work on yourself and work on, you know, some of the flaws which you, which you have, which might eventually become detrimental to what you want to achieve. So, you know, the long story short is that adjust the goals and revisit the goals, but always make sure that your core values are strong and that you never compromise on your core values. Yeah, I think that's that's a really powerful um, message, and I never really thought about it that way. That you know, some some folks have already arrived at what their core values are or have. Um, reached a, a point in life or maturity where they feel like they know what those are. And then it depends on how much personal growth you have to still do in addition with your, or, or internal growth uh, along with the development of the skills or the ability to achieve in the the field you find yourself in or, or in business, if that's, that's what you're focusing on. I think that's a really, um, really great way to to envision it as you kind of have have these two subsets and one should really be the fulcrum upon which you base your other goals so that when you have to change those goals they always flow outward from what your um what your personal uh you know what your unchanging character is what what your um sort of center is so that and and that kind of pushes me into the conversation about Nick. Before, Christian, before we things, go, yeah, go ahead. before I go into yeah. that, let, let me add something to that, um, which is also something which I only, you know, only recently realized and something which was very much underlined in, in the seminar, which I had, um, you know, most of you guys know that, you know, I, I'm used to working solo, right? So even if the, even if the team which we have in VVV, you know, there's there's always like the the you know, I now describe it as the the lone wolf's syndrome, where you know, as a and that that's something which a lot of founders have and a lot of you know which holds a lot of people back. Where you want to do because you know, so if you have strong values and you know you you are incorruptible and you will always do what's right, then everything which you want to do to achieve your goal, you almost always want to do yourself because you know if you do it then it's going to be done right. So now the, the challenge comes where, of course, you have limited amount of time uh, per day, right? And you have limited resources and 
you're also not the expert in everything. So now you want to surround yourself with people who can help you achieve the goal. And in order to attract people who believe in the vision which you have and whose core values align with the core values you have, you really need to be able to, first of all, communicate what you want to achieve. But while you communicate, people need to feel that what you say is 100% genuine. And you can only do so if you also revisit your own values and you really and truly ask yourself, the values which I have, are they truly my own values or are those values which have been ingrained in me through society, through the educational system? And then even the same for your goals, like the things which I want to achieve, are these even things which I truly want to achieve or is it things which I saw on social media? Is it things which I held somewhere else? Is it stuff which I just copy and paste from someone who I look up to? Like, is it really and truly my own idea? And is it, is it really my own thinking, which leads me to believe that these are my values and that these are my goals? So, you know, throughout the process of, and, and of, of course, you, you, you cannot go in, down the rabbit hole the very first time you write down your goals, but you should be keeping writing down your goals frequently and you should revisit your goals frequently. And every time you go through that exercise, you know, there's always going to be something where you adjust something or you're going to maybe, um, you know, remove something and add something else. And that's really a super process to getting to know yourself better. And then once you start to get on the right track and to achieve the right things and to attract the right people, then you're going to start to build up momentum. And then, you know, that's really the, the most beautiful part is where achieving those goals really becomes like a, a routine where, you know, now it's, it's, it's really something which is like super rewarding because now you have the uh, inertia and the momentum where you continuously achieve all those milestones, those goals. And, you know, you can almost, uh, you know, on a, on a daily, monthly or yearly basis track that you're getting closer and closer to your overall vision. And to me, the most powerful thing which I took away from meeting new people this weekend and, and, you know, innovatively I ended up talking about what we do here and having uh, a very similar experience with the uh, um, potential and upcoming board members for the blockchain fund. Once your values are crystal clear and people can sense that your values are true every time you talk about what your vision is, and you talk about how you're going to achieve that vision, that's going to inspire those people. And, you know, I don't have to, you know, even to the, to the board members, I don't really have to pitch what we do. All I do is I describe what we have and I describe what I want to do and what I, what I want to achieve together with the community. And then everyone, like literally everyone I talk to says, yes, I want to be a part of this simply because it's so obvious that for one, it's valuable. But then on the other hand, the way I do a business is genuine. And because that's a truth, all of the people I'm surrounded by, they all have the same intentions. They all have the same values. It's like, you know, a really, really incredible place where even if I'm not always in a spot where I can always um, observe every single detail, I can 
really blindly, and I don't re rely blindly on anyone, but I, I could blindly rely on the entire team to always continuously do the right thing. And, and that's really the only way where you can set up something which is destined for success. Because if, if the values are clear, then decisions are always going to be easy. And we get approached so many times to invest money into questionable projects or to raise money for other people. And, you know, all of that is, you know, it's always an easy no, because we do not have any motivation to do anything which is not leading us towards the grander goal, or which is aligning with our core values. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important to go through those exercises deliberately and frequently because it's it's really going to benefit uh, your entire life. Yeah, I, and I think that, like you said, is while, while you were speaking, I was just thinking about what the most powerful part of being a member of VVV has meant for me, and I know for a lot of others, is that, and, and we'll talk about this, I don't want to skip ahead to, to lesson three, but but that process of uncementing your thoughts and your goals and even your values and, and saying, I still have growing to do, um, even if you're, you know, whether you're early career, whether you're mid career, whether you're late career, whatever it is that you're doing, or whether you're just still searching for what it is that is, that is your calling, that is your vision. Um, joining a, a group of people, joining this community that has been set up in, um, in that vision that, that you had, Sean, has been so powerful because it is something that, at least for, for me personally, and I know others, took me from a place where it's like, well, you're mostly set. You're just kind of adding things on, but you're really not being challenged to be different than you are or to, or to really fundamentally grow in new ways. You're just expected to do sort of more of the same and and stay on the same path and be a good employee and, um, and build onto that. And then to join a, a community where it's like, no, no, you should fundamentally rebuild yourself and learn and grow in, in ways that you've never even challenged yourself to grow. Um, it really has been life changing. Um, and, and it comes from exactly what you're saying, that, that view of challenging yourself to, to be, a new person um, every day and, and to reevaluate your goals every day and ask, you know, is this all I want out of life or do I want more and shouldn't I want more? Um, and, and that's just been a, a wonderful thing to, to see and, and to be part of. Um, and that's actually, you know, that maybe we, I don't want to mess up your, <laughs> the, the order of your questions, but you know, because you mentioned that statement by Nick uh, where he says he wants to be surrounded by winners, right? Yeah. And that, that's the same principle holds true for VVV as well, where I'm, I'm never ever going to tell you, Christian, um, I like you just the way you are, you know, because that's, you know, to me, that's nonsense. I, I want to be the one who is striving everyone else to, to, to realize their full potential and where everyone around me does the exact same thing and where, where we are never complacent and comfortable and just, you know, pat ourselves on the back and say, yeah, great, really great done. Now let's just rest and enjoy what we have. Uh, I think the, the most healthy thing is to stay in motion 
And in my opinion, if you do not grow, then you're dying. Because, you know, there's no status quo. There's no, like, especially if someone goes to the gym, for example, you cannot, it's not possible to just maintain whatever you have. Like, you either get stronger or you get weaker. There's really no, no middle ground where you just stay the exact same. Like, it's almost impossible to, to maintain something. And, you know, the, the, the mentality of Nick is really a testament to what can be achieved if that's your, your outlook on how you, how you do things. And one big caveat, which I want to give everyone, uh, not just for this lesson, but for all of the lessons in the academy in, in general is, and, and I, I hear this a lot in, in the feedback. So we, we deliberately study the absolute extremes. So we deliberately only focus on the guys who are absolute madmen and who are, you know, bordering on being psychopaths in order to actually make a good example out of what they did and how they did it. It doesn't mean that in order for you to achieve your goals, you have to live up to the exact same degree of conviction and, you know, 100% sacrificing every, every single other metric in your life just for the sake of achieving that one thing. Everyone has different motivations. Everyone has a different outlook on life. And if you want to become an icon, then you have to do it exactly like Steve Jobs, like Steve Ballmer, like Nick Bellotteri, like Tiger Woods. You know, then there, there literally is no way around doing it exactly that way. But if you want to achieve something which you truly love and something which you truly enjoy, you know, you might not need to be that brutal. But still, I would much rather pull you, pull you guys towards that end of the continuum because it's much, much easier to be the harsh guy and to be super strict and then to become a little bit softer and you know, become a little bit more um, accommodating of other metrics or you know, of other people. But it's very, very difficult to be the guy who starts out soft and then becoming harder throughout the process. That, that's almost impossible, especially with the expectations other people put on you. It's going to be very, very difficult to grow through that or, or grow beyond the resistance which you're going to, to feel if you start too soft or if you start off being too nice. And that's also one of the reasons why I prefer, you know, I still, I know it was too, you know, maybe too over the top with the initial purchase which we had in our server. I know it disgruntled a lot of people, but I think it's still the thing which was the most useful to establish that very strong core community and, uh, and core culture. And now, you know, if, if new people come in, they, they immediately, just by seeing the conversations in the server, seeing how the nicknames are set up, where everyone uses their, their first real name and then their handle, they immediately behave differently if they join our server. It's not like there's, you know, someone coming in from a DGEN server and then behaving like an idiot, but they come in and then they, they see what's going on. They introduce themselves and then they, they behave very, very differently. And I think that's, that's very healthy for the people joining. And that's also, again, super, super healthy for the growth of the community as a whole, because that means eventually we're going to end up only being surrounded by winners because the guys newly joining in, they are going to grow into winners. And the guys who are already winning, they are going to help the other guys becoming more successful. Yeah, that actually leads um, directly into um, 
some of the things that uh, that really get highlighted, I think, in the Love Means Zero homework. Because like you said, it, it was Nick's personality is the thing that a lot of the students, in, including I, when I first watched it, struggle with. It, you know, he's very direct about, I don't care how you feel about me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And it's very clear how he interacted with the students who achieved versus didn't achieve and how he broke it off with the students who he was no longer interested in. And that can be very challenging to watch, especially if you're viewing it through the lens of today's society, which is everybody has to feel special. Everyone needs to feel like they are good enough immediately um and like you said that can be a a poisonous message but it is also something that is very um to to those people personally but it is something that uh is is very ingrained in in our society these days it did seem like and you touched on this um and and said that we should come back to it during uh during this week we touched on it last um this idea of the interpersonal um, differences between high achievers and uh, sort of the the rank and file, or those seeking to be high high achievers. And you got to this a little bit in that uh, in that answer you just gave, where you said that it's degrees of um, you know what you expect or or what you're trying to achieve. The difference between trying to achieve icon status versus achieving great success, um, and and how you draw that line. It did seem that in Nick's case and, and in some of these other cases that their the lack of you know empathy or concern actually helped them in a lot of ways because they didn't let uh, guilt or or shame or worry really get in the way of their goals. How do you balance that as the as the founder of VVB and as the leader of the academy? Because obviously you're someone who is very driven and wants to achieve great things, but you also are obviously someone who cares about the students that you're molding. So how, how do you balance that seeing Nick's examples, seeing the examples of Steve Jobs and others? Um, how, how do you live that out? So in my opinion, it's always better to be honest and hurt someone by being honest than being overly nice to someone by, you know, with being overly nice to someone in order not to hurt their feelings, but not giving them the right message where they now potentially believe in a lie and you, you, you took away the chance for them to improve. And a couple of weeks or months or years down the line, they're going to end up being in a worse place because you didn't tell them the truth and maybe hurt them in the short term, but help them to get out of the rut in, in which they were in. And, um, you know, in order, the good thing is the way we set up VVV is that like in almost all the conversations which we have in our server, in all of the conversations or discussions, I can always be fairly blunt. And I can be fairly straightforward with my answers. The The only aspect which is like makes it a little bit more difficult is that in in text, you do not have in text. You do not have any tonality. 
So you have to be deliberately phrasing things a certain way for them to not come off unfriendly or disrespectful, even if they are not meant to be that way. If you just convey the information in a very plain way that can often be taken as uh, being impolite, for example. So if you, if you only communicate via text with someone, you want to be very outgoing with the way you phrase things and you, you want to be very deliberate with the, with the words you choose. Um, now, in real life conversations, I think when you have the, the face of someone and you see you know, from which place they come, you, you can hear from the tonality in their voice that they are being genuine and that they are talking from a place where they actually want the best for you and they're going to be blunt in a, in a way to provide you with value then it's very different and you can be, you know, sometimes you can even be, um, and that's probably going to be controversial, but you can be bothering on being a bully because that might be the thing that's needed to wake someone up and to actually push them out of their comfort zone or push them out of believing in a lie and believing that it's okay to be in, in whichever bad place they might be at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's something that you see a lot in training for very extreme um, situations, whether that's fighting, like you said, whether that's uh, the military, even whether that's, you know, very intense uh, sporting, um, you know, those who've been involved in that, I think, have, have probably had that coach relationship just like um, just like Nick was. And known that you know it, it can be very intense and very direct and um, and almost like you said can be perceived as as bullying, um, but is intended for the better of that person and and for the whole. Um, one of the things, uh, if if it's possible, that I wanted to open up to the um, to the community is asking if there are similarities or differences that they see um, in VVV as compared with sort of the seek for the search for, uh, you know, winning and, and achievement, but, but also the, the growth personally of, uh, of the individuals that they see between what uh, happened in love means zero and, and what happens here in VVV. Um, one of the things that I wanted to offer to, to get your reflection on while we waited um, for people, though, to respond um, to, to the similarities and differences they see is I do think it seems like there is almost a and, and I want to get your your opinion on, on whether this is true or not um, and your reflection on it, Sean. But it seems like there is almost an advantage to those who do not care about the outcome for their individual student or, um, or employee. But that is a difference that I see in you and in BVB with even as direct as you can be in trying to make us as a community better. I sense that you genuinely care about what we achieve as a community together. 
um, not just for for your own ends. Do you feel like that is a a is that true <laughs> what I'm perceiving? But also B, um, do you feel that holds you back at all, or do you feel like you can achieve great things even with uh, caring ab- about others? You know the the thing. I'm going to to answer it in a twofold way. So first of all, you have to care about every single person in the community. There, there's no way around this. You you always have to care, and and it, it has to be a, a balance of, of two things which are very conflicting. On one hand, you cannot care at all what anyone thinks, but then you really, really, on an individual level, have to care truly for every single individual and the way in which you differentiate that in reality or in practice is if you see someone and you know so far this has never happened in, in VVV because we are now already in a place where we are attracting the right people and you know that scenario is probably not going to uh, you know come true anytime soon but if you have someone who is already beyond saving then don't spend any time on trying to save them if someone does not and saving is is really a terrible expression here but i'm still going to use it for the sake of this example if someone is beyond saving do not waste any time on trying to get them back on the right track much rather again we all have limited time we have limited resources we have limited energy if you spend a lot of energy of some on someone who is beyond saving then you know you're not doing the guys a service who are motivated and who are disciplined and who want to achieve something you it's really your duty to only spend your time and energy on the guys and and girls who do who are already on the path of doing it the right way and then you can help them excel and you can help them achieve things sooner or at a larger scale but but you really have to be ruthless and brutal in not spending your time with the wrong people or in the wrong places. And that, that's really where you have to draw a line and you, you have to be absolutely uncompromising. There, there's no other way around this. And that's the, the fine balance where I care so much for every single individual who, who wants to be a part of this and who wants to, you know, be a part of the community or who wants to make more out of themselves, even if they come to VVV 100% from a selfish perspective and they only want to get the most out of VVV for themselves, that's still fine by me because by them being selfish and by them becoming uh, a better person or developing a more uh, strong character, that's still going to benefit VVV. Uh, You know, there's no other way around this. Like if you only have those people who are super driven, that's always going to benefit the community as a whole. So I always care for every single one who who wants to be a part of what we do. And, you know, the big differentiation you have to make is that those guys who do not show the right characteristics or the ones who might even be actively working against you, you know, don't, don't spend any time on them and be very uncompromising. And maybe to, to reiterate your call to action, if you guys would like to add questions or comments please make sure that you comment below the twitter spaces event and when you do so please use the hashtag vvv fund 
And then Christian had the idea that you guys might be wanting to elaborate about the similarities or differences which you might have seen with the way Nick Bellotteri built his academy and with the way VVV is treating its students or its members. And Christian, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead and move on and then have them uh, coming in? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, so what Nick really produced a, a huge number of, of champions. That's That's really, you know, he said, I love winners and he wants to be a winner. Um, what do you hope the outcomes are for the VVV students specifically when it comes to success, obviously for the community as a whole, um, you know, we hope for success of VV and we see the fruits of that already. Um, but when it comes to individuals, I, I think you, I don't know if you had shared this with the with the whole community or if you shared it with us as mentors but there was this idea of sort of the the mentee coming back after being successful and and sharing that with the um with the teacher um what do you hope that people coming back you know in, in months or or years whether it's because they're, they've shared it in testimonials or um and shout out to anybody who's been impacted by BVV or the Academy, we would love to, to hear your comments in the testimonials channel. But um, what do you hope to have people coming back and saying to you as this, the lead teacher, lead mentor of the Academy and as the founder of BVV uh, about how it, how it impacted them? What, what are you hoping to, to hear from them or, or see from their lives? Well, I just want to see them successful. And I really don't care. And that's, again, you know, the, the balance between caring and not caring. I don't really care if someone comes back and thanks me or whatever. I don't, I don't really need the accolades. And, you know, I, I don't think that what I say or do is like that incredibly wise or, you know, whatever kind of words people use to sometimes describe what I'm saying. You know, I, I think all of it comes down to common sense and to being driven and to having genuine interest in doing something more than just something for myself or something, you know, which leads to financial success. What I really want to see is that we produce a plethora of super successful people and that these people end up staying with us and sharing their own experiences and eventually them becoming mentors in the academy. You know, I think that's the the best success which you can wish for is if you have someone who is a student, then they become successful. And then based on the success they had, they can teach other people on how to replicate that exact success which they had. And to me, that, that's really the most beautiful, beautiful thing is when you have people to look up to, to whom you can relate because they have been in that exact position before you. And my end goal for VVV, or at least for the VVV Academy, is to eventually have my own university where we study things which are actually applicable to real life and which prepare you to be in that top 1% of people on the planet where you learn how to be a leader, you learn how to build your character, and you study successful people and you, you study 
the hardship which those guys have been through to build their character and that we as a community actively look for that hardship to you know to use as a tool to create that character and to not just create that character but also to 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 create that strong bond of a real community because what we currently have of course it's it's you know very much in its infancy but what we currently have is the the precursor of a new society a society which is truly set up for each individual member and where each individual member at least has the option to fulfill and realize their whole potential. It's not mandatory. You know, it, it's 100% fine if someone comes into VVV and they like what we do. You know, maybe they expose themselves to the academy to a small degree. Maybe they don't even you know, bother looking and they only want to be surrounded by the atmosphere and by the culture which we have. They want to participate in the investments and they want to just be a part of it and be you know, more passively engaged. That's completely fine. I'm not looking for 100% engagement or for only having people of a, of a certain mentality or of a certain fabric. It's completely fine for people to not be that involved. But I think what we currently have is something which is very unique where everything is really set up to always benefit the community and where we truly care about each individual member. And if that individual member at some point in time decides to become more involved then all of the doors are open for that person they have all the tools in place to become successful to you know take care of their health take care of their diet get into a workout regime to you know become fitter and to 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 achieve more longevity in terms of their uh, mental capacity and their physical capacity and have the right educational material in place to broaden their horizon to set crown the goals and crown the expectations for themselves and, and really just have all the options out there for whatever they want to pursue. And even if they do not want to pursue any of those, still been, been a place which is 100% incorruptible, who has the utmost integrity, where even if they do not care so much about doing the research, for example, they just want to be part of the, the winning team, more or less, they still know they can rely 100% of the entire uh, on the entire community because everything is set up in a way where literally no one can ever lose because we are just doing everything for each other and even if someone is selfish and does something for himself only that's still going to benefit the crown the crown the good because the best example for this is if someone wants to <clears throat> close a specific deal or let's say someone sees something which is super, super interesting to them, and they want to invest in the, in the project. Then they bring the project to us for us to do the due diligence. And they are 100% selfish. They, own, they only bring the deal to us because they eventually want to invest in the project themselves. But they cannot get the investment or the allocation themselves because they do not have the leverage of a big VC brand. So they come to us to check out the deal, if it's even any good, if it's worth investing, then, you know, it might be a good deal. We might end up um, having an AMA. The community might end up liking the deal. We might like the deal as well. And then we might arrange the investment. And the guy who brought the deal to us obviously becomes a, you know, uh, receives a front row seat to the investment. And they might even get the compensation for bringing uh, such a hot deal. And then they got exactly what they wanted. They have been 100% selfish 
but every single member of the entire community has benefited from that person being selfish. And that's the, the best win-win situation which you could potentially wish for. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and I hadn't thought about it that way, that, that it's set up so that whether it's a mixture of, of selfish and selfless or whether it's purely selfish, it benefits the whole. And, and I think that's a wonderful aspect of, of how you structured BBB. I, I think one of the things that um, I wanted to ask about in Love Means Zero um, kind of gets to that, this idea of not requiring um, formal training to be uh, great at something or, or to seek uh, greatness. Um, and it's something that you really brought out in several of the different lessons uh, as, as we go through the homeworks um, is this idea that you should not feel like you are held back by, uh, by the lack of formal training. In fact, one of the things that you've really talked to us about before is this idea that you might actually be held back by formal training. Can you share a little bit about um, why you think that might be or, or how you know, academics or society sort of limits our thinking. I, I know from a personal standpoint, uh, one of the things that I was most surprised at in getting into my field is that you spend years where they're telling you, you need to be the best to get into it. And then once you get into it, they expect you to develop this employee mindset of, okay, now just be happy with mediocre and don't achieve because that's going to make your superiors look bad. Um, and so joining VVV and, and becoming, you know, uh, expected of achieving and, and of working hard and of growing has, has been really important in my personal journey. But what, um, what limits do you think uh, formal training kind of put on us? And, and why is it important to you that we learn that formal training is, is not necessary for success? Well, I can give you two examples of one person. And, you know, it's one of my favorite examples so if you look at elon musk for example the common knowledge was that electrical cars are not sufficient or uh, not feasible and i'll look at the future it's all electric cars right and he pretty much disrupted the entire industry and he created something which no one wanted to have and no one expected to actually become reality and that's where the prevalent knowledge and the common sense in the industry was by everyone who was involved in the industry was that it's not possible to have an electric car with a, you know, a certain amount of, um, of reach, uh, with a certain amount of speed and with a certain amount of cost, all, all of the things which Elon did were pretty much impossible. And the, no one deemed Tesla as something which could ever succeed. And he changed just by being not someone who was within the industry, but someone who came out of the industry, uh, came from outside the industry. He changed the entire perception of electrical cars forever. And he more or less single-handedly changed the entire future of the planet, where now we are shifting away from fossil fuels to electric cars, right? And again, the same thing, uh, if you look at rockets, Rockets are super expensive and you can only use them once and there's only one um, institution who can build and launch rockets in the US. And now look at SpaceX. He is producing, and I don't have to write the exact num numbers, but he's producing those rockets 
at one-tenth of the cost and you can reuse them. So again, he knew nothing about rockets when he, get, when he came into that industry and he completely disrupted everything. So not knowing anything, in my opinion, is the biggest advantage which you can have because now you're free of any preconceived notions, you're free of any stereotypes and you can like truly see things for what they are. And only then you have the capability of actually changing something because everyone else is looking at things, how they have been, then they will also assume how things have been means that's the way things will always be. And that's the easiest way to never have any change, especially if there's certain agendas or certain institutions or certain governments involved in a specific industry where they also do not want that change. So they're just going to enforce those preconceived notions of everyone just for the sake of maintaining status quo, because the status quo more often than not benefits someone in power and benefits them in a way which on some other end exploits the the populace or the vast majority of people within that industry. Yeah, and that that to me really gets to um, in in sort of an indirect way another thing that Nick's story um, teaches because ultimately the way that he allowed Boris Becker to beat Andre Agassi is knowing that Andre had a weakness in his ego that he could exploit. And and I feel like we are often exploited by society, by influencers and, and others um, that kind of push our pressure points. What, what do you take from, um, or what should we take from Boris Becker being able to um, manipulate Andre Agassi in that way and, and Nick knowing about it as his, as his coach? Um, what, what should we be able to take away from, uh, from BBV and, and from our experience here that will make us mentally stronger and not be able to be manipulated in, in those ways? You have to get used to confronting yourself with the truth and with things and with phrases which tend to trigger you. And if you... No, if you watch the news, and I highly encourage everyone to not watch the news, but if you watch the news or if you are on social media or if you are in some environment where you are exposed to headlines, then always pick the things with which you disagree the most and then do your due diligence if there might be a hidden agenda behind those statements. And you might be surprised what you, you know, what comes to light where they deliberately use those headlines to make you feel a certain way and to think a certain way, despite those things not even being true. And especially mass media, they know exactly what to say and how to phrase things to keep you where you are and to keep you thinking a certain way. And you're not going to get past that and you're not going to get past that manipulation unless you are capable of developing a strong mind where you can expose yourself to all the information which are out there. People can come up to you and make any kind of statement without you getting triggered and without you getting offended or hurt. And you have the capability to digest 
whatever information you get presented. And no matter how that information is being packaged, you can always see things for what they truly are. And that's a very, very powerful skill to have and something which is very difficult to master. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not free from not getting triggered by, by certain things, but I have come to a point where you can hardly say anything which is truly going to offend me. And you can certainly not say anything which is going to hurt me. Like there's, there's very little things which you can say that are like actually going to emotionally affect me. And I, I'm very, working very, very hard on going through different, you know, experiences in life which work towards the goal where you really have um, the capability to develop a mind which is 100% resistant to being brainwashed or being influenced and, you know, being subject to external influences which are not having your best interest in mind. And, you know, some of this might, yeah. some of this might even be physical, right? So, um, in the... In the seminar, which I had this weekend, one of the first tests which we had were sprints. And I know that my endurance is not great, but you have to perform amongst other people, which also means now you do not compare yourself to yourself and you do not quit after 10 sprints, for example, where you feel tired, but you see everyone else still going. And now, of course, you're not going to give up if everyone else still keeps going, right? So you're going to push much, much harder because now you're surrounded by those winners and by people who are better than you. So now, if I had done those sprints alone, I would probably have quit after 10. And now being surrounded by people who, are, who have better endurance than, my, than me and who, who or might, you know, they might not even have better endurance, but they have a stronger mind than me and they're going to put their mind over their body. You know, if they keep performing, then I'm going to have to keep up with them as well, right? And I'm going to push way beyond my limits and way beyond the things which I had expected. So being in that environment, even if it's just online, even if it's in a Discord server, that's still going to push you a lot. And that's still going to improve. You know, and it sounds very esoteric, but it's, it's truly going to improve your life if you're surrounded by people who outperform you and to expect more of you than comparing yourself to you know, your socioeconomic environment in which you were just coincidentally born in and you compare yourself to people who might be on your same level or beyond you, excuse me, or below your level. And then there's no one else there to push you. And the only person truly caring to make the most of your life, that's always going to be you. But if you're surrounded by other people who you see, they push themselves way past what you could expect ever have dreamt of then you're going to also in, uh, raise your own bar and your own expectations for yourself and eventually you're going to end up being a top performer and the, the most mind-blowing thing is once you have lived surrounded by those people for a prolonged period of time if you then ever step back into the normal world so to speak you're going to be blown away because now you're light years ahead of everyone else and there's then also very little left on which you can actually relate to with those people because they will see you and they will see the way you carry yourself. They will hear the way you talk and 
there will be nothing left which you have in common where these guys are just going to see a, a completely new person. And, you know, that that's something which I, you know, which is one of my experiences in the past and which is something which is, you know, very, very, um, which has a great impact on your life and of, you know, on your perception of yourself. Yeah, and um, I actually think this gets to one of our community um, questions from Bytes Billionaire. He said, can you comment on the difference between goal-oriented approaches versus habit-oriented approaches in personal growth um, and which achieves more effectiveness uh, in getting to your goals? Well, habits are not going to get you to a goal because if you just set out habits then they're going to lock you into a routine and then you're just going to stay within the boundaries of that routine forever. The, you know, routine and habits are super important to get to your goal, but you have to set out the goals first and then build the plan and then the routine and the habits are part of that plan. Meaning, and I gave the example earlier in, in, uh, in the server, um, someone said he wants to be, his goal is to be more time efficient. Now, in order to be time efficient, you, you need to set out a plan to do so, right? So let's take the example. I'm going to stop playing video games. I'm going to start up. I'm, I'm going to start getting up at the exact same time every single day, no matter if it's Monday or Sunday. And whenever I commute, I'm going to listen to audiobooks. So now that's the plan. And then the, the consequence of that plan is that now your new, your new routine and your new habits are going to be listening to audiobooks anytime you drive with your car, for example, or you sit uh, on the bus. And you are now going to have your alarm set for 7 a.m. Monday to Sunday. Yeah, I... That, you know, I'm just thinking about how all of this connects with what we were talking about earlier, how the values, you, you have core values that really inform your vision. Your vision then informs your goals, which you then constantly reassess. And in assessing those goals, you also have to assess the practices and principles and habits they're going to get you to those goals. And then when you reassess your goals, you have to reassess your practices and then reassess whether that's achieving your vision and whether if it's not, do you need a different vision? Hence your values need to change or are your values rock solid? And you're like, no, this means that my vision needs to grow or my, my vision needs to accommodate this, this new, um, you know, this new change. I, th I think that's such a powerful way in a, a, um, a really tangible way for each of us to look at, at our own lives is to have, because each of these things are not just, you know, random pieces that we're filling in. They're all part of this superstructure of where we want to, to be in life and whether we're achieving it. Yeah. And the, the habits which you have today, they are not going to stay the same to achieve the goals which you might change in a week or in a month or in a year. So your habits also have to con constantly evolve. 
and you should never fall into the, the habit of sticking with a routine just because that's the routine you, you have picked. So, you know, you continuously want to alter and optimize your routine, which you have, and you always want to reassess, like you just said, whether or not that habit or that routine is still leading towards the goal which you have set out. And if the goal changes, you also have to adjust the way in which you approach the day-to-day milestones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we could, uh, it's up to you, Sean. Do you want to um, me to read some things from the community or? Yeah, let's read um, some of the comments of the community and then let's discuss okay. and answer them and then we're going to call it a day. Okay. Um, so uh, Alamo says, um, I think a major difference is, uh, speaking of differences between um, VVV and Nick, is what Exo strives for in VVV is to make us perform both individually, but also as a group community. Seeing what Nick built was directed on a more individual level. Uh, level. A, it was a solo-driven sport, and, and B, it was uh, towards his own achievement. Um, Crypto Bros says... Be with people who pull you up, not down. BBV has an amazing community, people who are intelligent, educated, ambitious, and most importantly, help others to grow. Um, let me see what else. Um, yes, yeah, so I can read one. Um, go ahead. IMX Boost says, Bellotteri was always looking ahead to what he could achieve with himself and the students, never looking to the past mistakes he made or dwelling on his current situation. Yeah, and um, I think that uh, IMX Boost also said um, BBV is built from the ground up with integrity. The core values of transparency, incorruptibility, and decency make the business foundation, and thus the community is free to achieve whatever they put their mind towards, which I, I think is so so true. Yeah, and you know, you can set up something which by design facilitates everything in a way which stays incorruptible. You know, just like the example I gave you of someone bringing a deal, for example. You know, if everything is on the, on the basis driven by each individual's selfishness, but if that selfishness is then adding to the grander good of the entire community, then, you know, it's just natural that the community is going to start working together and starting working together towards the, the crown, the good, because now there's no unhealthy competition where, you know, someone has to be first to find a deal in order to get the commission or whatever. Like everything is just working in harmony and it's, it's really like based on having something which eventually goes from a com community to something which I eventually want to achieve, like a, a real society where you have different, parts and aspects of the entire thing which we have built and everything is working in you know with synergies with each other like none of the individual parts which you have in place none of them take away from each other but all of them are contributing towards the the grander mission and this you know the same goes back to the uh, the synergies between the blockchain fund and the venture capital brand where, of course, initially a lot of people were concerned where, oh my God, now we have the blockchain fund. It might end up taking away some of the deal flow, some of the allocation sizes. 
But after I've explained it to everyone, where you now have the leverage of a, a, a bigger, um, of, of a higher amount of liquidity, you have a lot more expertise on the board of directors, you have a more, lot more credibility. So now you can actually get a serious seat at the cap table and you're not going to have to like work for weeks to to break through the noise around some of the super successful projects, but they are actually going to seek you out because now you bring so much more to the table. You have the community and you have the strength of the community, but no, you also now have the um, experience and the prestige of people who have already been successful with a fund and in the financial services industry, and they have a very different Rolodex than the people within the crypto space. And now you have those synergies between two very, very different cultures and two very different businesses, but they are still always leading the brand as a whole towards success and towards a, a much greater scope of success, which also means the deals are going to get better. The way in, you know, the way how we get those deals is going to be much easier. We are going to have much more reach and not just reach within the crypto space on Twitter, but we're actually having going to have a lot of reach in the real world. We're going to have contact to big funds and we're going to have access to, you know, very different partners than the, the kind of partners you see in the crypto space. It's not just going to be collaborations with communities, but we're actually going to partner up with one of the big accounting firms with a, a big prestigious law firm. And all of that is going to forever change the perception of VVV within the blockchain uh, community. So, you know, you really always have to to approach something in a way where how can you set up the infrastructure where the selfishness of individuals does not take away, but does actually fuel the greater good of everything. And once you manage to do so, and then, you know, now you have the, the beauty to not just have that, but you can also combine it with the, the trustless way in which smart contracts work. You know, now you can set something up, which is, you know, which potentially can last forever. The, you know, if you, if you look at um, some of the, the, the greatest empires on the planet, you know, they usually didn't last more than 100 years. And, you know, that's mainly because eventually they all became corrupted, even if they had been set up in a way where, you know, it, it was truly also beneficial for the population. Eventually, someone who was in power got corrupted by having too much power. And if you now have the infrastructure set up in the right way and you have the trustless aspect of the blockchain where something by default cannot be changed when it has been, once it has been deployed, you know, now you potentially can set up uh, a new type of society where the monetary system can never ever be corrupted. And now you could also potentially have contracts and uh, legislation in place, which remains true forever and where you cannot go back and change the rules and you cannot go, go back and take away from the community or from the society or you know, from the small people, so to speak, and everything once set up for good, then it cannot be corrupted and used for bad. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, if, if that eventually could be a possibility of actually turning that into a reality where 
you know, we move from just being an online community to something much greater than that. Um, you know, I think there's a, a lot of potential here where the success which we have in the short term, which with you know, which we have with what we do with the investments and with the blockchain fund, you know, that can ex extend and expand to something which over the course of the next 10, 20 or 50 years is going to be something which could potentially change the world or, you know, maybe not the our world to something which is much more pleasurable than what we have today. And if you look at this from a logistical or from a practical perspective, what we currently do is we invest into infrastructure of the blockchain, which also means eventually we are going to end up owning some of the most important aspects and some of the most important technology of blockchain. And I think everyone can agree that the blockchain is the future, which also as a conclusion means we are going to end up owning a big part of the future. So if you already own a big part of the future, why not use it to set up something for good and to set up something for those people who made all that possible? And that's where, you know, a lot of the things which you have planned of the blockchain fund um, to give back to the community, that's where all, all those little um, mechanisms come into place and where you guys will then also, again, like in the past, where you will see not just through the way in which we conduct business, but you also see through our actions in reality that it really truly is always designed for you guys and for the community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just wanted to add um, quickly, uh, Ice Frost said um, here in VVV, everyone has their mask off and is honest in conversations, which leads to higher quality discussions. And it, it just really struck me while you were talking about the importance of the blockchain and your vision for VVV that it's, it's really mimicking what we are hoping that the blockchain is, right? This is the, what is so fundamentally different about VVV is it is designed like the blockchain to be transparent, to be accountable, and to be something which is the future. Um, and I think that's such a, uh, an amazing image that we're not just investing in technologies, we're investing in ourselves to become part of that future, part of that transparent, forward-looking, accountable and consistent future that, um, you know, that we all want to believe in. And it's, it's not, it's so different than so many other communities in blockchain world, which is they're looking for the blockchain to, to solve the problems and they're staying hidden and, and shadowed and, you know, not being part of that future. And I, I think the paradigm shift for VVV is no, no, we don't just want to watch the future. We want to be part of that future. And, and I think that's a huge testament to what's being built here at BBB. And you also have to be super careful because if what you set up succeeds, right, and you become the institution or the community or the society in power, then you better are set up in a way where you can be assured that by having the power, you yourself are not getting corrupted. 
and that what you have set up is protecting you as an individual, but also the community and the individual members from getting corrupted. And that's why I put so much emphasis on going through some inconvenience to grow as a person, because once you start making all those returns and once you start making all that money, that's going to exaggerate and underline all of your trades. And that includes the bad trades which you have. So you better work super hard on yourself to get rid of those, those bad trades because money is going to really pronounce every single thing which you have attached to your character. And, you know, if you're a terrible person, you know, if you're a rich, terrible person, it's going to be much, much worse than what it is today. And, you know, they say money doesn't make you happy, which, you know, I, I disagree with to, to a large extent, but there's some truth in it where if you are an unhappy person and then you get money, then you're just going to be in a very worse place, especially if you like all the characteristics to deserve the money and then you're eventually going to end up losing everything. And now you had the experience of what it is to have money and now you lost everything. And I mean, it's super, super difficult to, to recover from that. And we, we already have heard, you know, from a couple of our members who, who unfortunately lost uh, a good amount of money in Luna, for example, you know, it's super, super challenging for your mind to recover from that. And many or most people, they quit crypto after such an experience. So I, I would much rather protect everyone from having that experience because that's, that's not that much good which you take away from, which you can take away from it. It's going to put a lot of strain on you mentally. So it's much better to always prepare in advance for getting yourself in a position where that's never ever going to be a possibility that it could ever happen because you're actually someone who deserves the success and with the success inevitably also comes the financial rewards. And let's read some of the other comments. So we have one from Joseph. He says, the difference between Nick and Sean is that Sean actually cares about everyone in the community, not just the top performers. And Sean actually reflects on his actions and decisions, which Nick didn't really do. Um, yeah, that, that's true. You know, of course, in tennis, you know, you can only dedicate, uh, of course, I don't know it for good, but, you know, I think you know, can only dedicate your time to maybe one or two students, like full time to actually turn them into um, champions. So, you know, there was not, it's, it's not like he had a lot of options in, in terms of how he, how he set up his academy. And, you know, the thing about reflecting on your actions, that's something which is something which I actively seek out. And, you know, again, uh, you know, I, I come back to this because I, I really want you guys to, to also take into consideration to, you know, exposing yourselves to new experiences. So on the, uh, on the seminar, or in the seminar I attended this weekend, I was surrounded by people who I have never had met before, right? So I had a lot of conversations with those guys and, you know, there, there were some really, really wealthy and successful people amongst them. And, you know, afterwards, someone came to me and was asking if he, if he can give me some, like, honest feedback. And I was super, super eager to hear it because to me, it's the most important aspect. If someone comes to you and has something, like, has some critique or has some uh, concerns to raise, you know, regarding your character or regarding your statements or, you know, regarding the advice you potentially give others, you know, that's extremely, extremely valuable. And it's... Um, 
anytime that happens, anytime someone approaches me and has something, has some critique to raise, I'm always getting excited, you know, in a, in a good way, because that's always allowing me to grow farther. And it's always super, super important to actively seek those guys out who ideally are already above you or they have already achieved more than you. And then they come to you and tell you, hey, in this area, in this area, you know, you might want to rethink your values or you might want to rethink how you approach those, those things or you might want to rethink, you know, if you want to always only think into absolutes or, you know, if you always want to approach things from that perspective. And again, this is one of the reasons why in the Academy or in all of the other channels, I'm always very upfront with all of the feedback I provide you guys with. And you guys should always reflect on your actions. And in order for me to be able to say that, I have to lead by example, right? So anything which I might be doing wrong, anything where you guys have some, you know, room for feedback or, you know, might, you guys want, might want to raise critique, always please feel free to do so. There's literally nothing which you can say which is going to offend me and I will never ever punish someone for approaching me with critique or with some feedback about doing things differently or, you know, thinking about things in a different manner, approaching things differently. And to be honest, the, the best ideas and the best um, or the most impactful improvements around the server and around uh, our approach to certain things that has always come from within the community. Just like our slogan, your trustless partner, uh, your trusted partner in a trustless world that also came from the community. So, you know, again, VVV is built by you guys. It's without the community, there's nothing left. You know, that's, it's really all, all to your credit guys. And I'm very much appreciative of, you know, of your feedback. And it's super rewarding to see the way in which you guys approach the individual lessons in the academy, because it, it really reinforces that the things I got exposed to didn't just work for me, but it, you know, it, it, it's really the right material for everyone on the path to success and becoming better to, you know, to study those people and the attributes in, in great detail and to take away as much as possible for your own lives. And two more comments, one from crypto pros. There's one thing that nobody can take away from you. It is your thinking. If you develop a strong mind, then you can move mountains and <laughs> piss off the people who don't want your success at all. And that's that's something which is very true. And uh, that's probably something for, for another discussion. But, um, you know, the and I, I touched on this in a, a few other uh, sessions as well. The, the crab effect is real. You know, it, it, society is currently not set up in a way where everyone wants to see you succeed. It, it's very much the opposite. And you can expect to have to work against a lot of resistance if you want to get on the path of success. And the last comment by JPMM21, a small fish, a shark and whale, VV fund welcomes and helps everyone to grow. And that's a super accurate statement. You know, it does not matter if you, it doesn't even matter if you can afford the NFT. You know, you, you literally can just come into the server 
not being a holder and you're already going to benefit from being around the right people. And eventually, hopefully, you're going to end up being able to become a holder. You know, maybe you, you qualify for the phase three mint, for example. And once you become a holder, the VVV Academy is going to be open to you 100% for free. And you're going to have access to all of the educational material, to the individual lessons. And you can learn from the sharks with the you know, very, very strong mindset. And you can also learn from the whales who have made incredible gains, you know, either in the crypto world or through building their own businesses. And they have a, a, a ton of experience in a, in a variety of different areas. And the things which you can learn, and not just you, but also I, you know, I myself, there's, there's a, a variety of very, very successful people in there who I respect very much, not just for their success, but from the things which they took away from going through the hardship it took to get there. You know, if they say something, then I really listen because they have already proven to be smarter and to be more driven and to be able to achieve more than I have achieved so far. So if they talk, I very much know that I have to listen very carefully. And yes, Christian, is there anything else? No, I think that's it. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Christian. Again, you're doing a, a tremendous job in the Academy. And also a, a quick shout out to Exec, uh, to Leon. Uh, I see you guys are very, very active in reviewing the, the homework and the lessons of the students. Also, a uh, shout out to Rai Guy, who's also one of our mentors. You guys are, are really going out of the way to, to read through everything and to make sure that you provide the community and the students with the most accurate feedback and you're very, very just and very fair in your judgment as to when someone can um, start with the next lesson. And I know, you know, it's super interesting also to see that students get super impatient about getting access to the next lesson, which is, you know, I think a testament to how the educational system should be set up where the student completes a lesson and can't wait to get on to the next one, which is you know mind blowing if you're used to the way in which things currently work. So I'm very, very happy to see that. I'm very happy to see the quality of the submissions which we get. Um, and I'm I'm going to to extend the, the academy very soon with new material and there's a variety of new mo movies and um, even a TV series uh, which I want you guys to watch because there's so many very important takeaways from that, which I'm sure is going to greatly benefit your, your life and your performance. All right, Christian, thank you once again. And thank you guys for listening in. It has been a pleasure as always. If there's any feedback you guys want to provide me with, you can always ping me in our server. We specifically have set up a feedback channel where you guys can speak freely about the things which you might want to see changed or which you might want to be added to our server. You can also always DM me, although that, that you know it's very difficult for me to, to see individual messages because I get so many per day. So ideally, if you guys have feedback from me in private, then just go to our support channel and create a support ticket. Then Helena is going to be able to ping me whenever there's something which I definitely have to see. So thanks again for listening in, guys. If you haven't yet, please leave a retweet, leave a like. 
it's always good to see the, the support of the community also in the numbers to be sure that we present VV in the right way on Twitter. And again, next week, we are going to announce the Obscuro deal. You guys are going to be able to claim your allocation. It's going to not be limited by the total allocation size. It's only going to be limited by time. So you guys are probably going to get like five minutes to claim whichever allocation amount you guys want to have or whichever allocation amount is congruent with the amount of dolphins you hold. And yes, then we're going to have the airdrop number one for all staked sharks. Then we're going to have an interesting event for dolphins. And yeah, we're going to have a couple of exciting, very exciting weeks. It's not just one deal. Let me say it like this. It's not just the Obscuro deal. We have uh, a couple of super, super interesting things lined up. So stay tuned, guys. Do your diligence. Spend some time in the Obscuro channel. Spend some time in their server. Try to find anything which might be wrong with the deal. Really do your best to, to poke holes in their business model, into their thesis. And... You know, we really, really always want to make sure that there's no stone left unturned, that we have done everything possible to really determine that this is a good investment and that this is the right way for the community to spend their money. You guys know we, we don't get anything out of arranging those deals. So, you know, whether or not we do the deal, that's eventually always up to the community. So thanks again, guys. We are going to see you hopefully on Tuesday. We have a super exciting AMA lined up with Eigenlayer, which you know, is probably one of the projects which the research team is most excited about. Um, so make sure you guys tune in. Make sure you guys bring your most difficult questions. We have the founder himself joining us. And yeah, I'm going to see you there. Thank you. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.